Everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Time now for Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. An informative but laid-back approach to sports medicine on 1010XL. Yeah. Now, let's break some bones. Breaking Bones is on the air a Sunday morning divisional playoff weekend. Games yesterday, games today. None of them, including your Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a whole nother injury that you all have had to deal with. But our Breaking Bones show for the next 30 minutes is dealing with sports injuries. Joe C. from XL Primetime, noon to three weekdays right here on the Superstation. And my man Gio, Dr. George Bari, he of Bari Orthopedics. Gio, what up? It's cold, man. Dude, it is so cold. All right, listen, this is our version of winter, and I've about had it. Okay, now listen, I look yeah. around <laughs> I look around the United States, I look around the world, and there are a lot of other people that are freezing their fannies off. I don't care. If, if it's 50 degrees or what was the low this morning, uh, dipping, uh, who knows? I'm sure somebody up in Callahan can text us right now and say it's 29 degrees as they sit on the porch and drink their coffee. I don't care. In the 30s, in the 40s, it's frosty. I can't take it. Yeah. it's. Uh, this is what I always say. When you wake up early yeah. and you step outside and it's freezing cold, yeah. it's like Mother Nature slaps you across the face. <laughs> it does. It's so, it, it's so abrupt. There's no answer for it. All right, so here's a basic question, and we'll probably – I will be and moan about the cold. That's just, that's just the Floridian in me. You grew up here. I mean, are, do you embrace cold? Do you like I mean, the change in season? I don't I, mind it. I don't mind it. I just don't want it to be every single day. Right. I don't mind the cold. Like, I like going on vacations cold for a couple of days. Yeah. But when it's every day, then I get bothered by it. Right. Because if you think about it, I, 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 this is what I always worry about. The more tough winters that people have to endure in the Northeast or Midwest or wherever, you know what I worry about? That they're packing their U-Haul up and they're coming down here because they are. <clears throat> they are left and right. And and I so maybe the cold here will at least turn them back and <laughs> and get them going back maybe. in that direction. But we have seen some serious snow and all this stuff. But it's cold, people. All right, so button up. So breaking bones may feel like today you did break some bones with the uh, with the cold weather. Now, if you do have a sports injury question, you can hit the text line. Six four one ten ten. We'd love to hear from you if you are up and about. Uh, if you download the podcast, uh, don't hesitate to uh, let us know that you listen and what you like. But if you have an ache or a pain, uh, shoulder, elbow, wrist, knee, hip, whatever it might be, uh, you can hit the text line at six four one ten ten. Doctor George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Doctor James Andrews. So I feel like we need to get into a few sports injuries, Geo. Uh, coming out of the Jaguars season, and I think you have said this to us before, that you will have a lot of individuals that will come out of the regular season or whenever the football season actually ends, and they will do either a schedule cleanup or something like that. Um, and and that's that's not uncommon at all, is it? No, it is not. It's, it's very common after the season ends uh, for players to get the surgeries that they've been waiting on for the whole year, mm-hmm. and uh, and go from there. So that is not unheard of uh, by any means. All right, so take a look at this one, and this is Anton Harrison, okay? Now, Anton Harrison, Demetrius Harvey was one of the first guys, I think, that tweeted this out earlier in the week. 
Anyway, he is wearing a sling. Now, this is the right tackle for your Jacksonville Jaguars. He had a shoulder injury in uh, early August that sidelined him for quite a bit of training camp, and then he was able to get back out. Bottom line is the cat played the entire season, Geo. He played the entire season, and I'm guessing with either limited mobility, limited strength, whatever you might call it, um, but the fact that he has the right sh- right arm in a sling, what does that tell you? Well, first Again, we're just guessing. Yeah, first that picture I guess is from him buying a new house. Yeah, and I just want to say, pretty sweet house. I recognize that roof tile in that fence. I'm wondering if it's in my name. <laughs> you know where you know where he's at. I might know where he's at. Oh, that's beautiful. But um, look, he obviously had a surgery, mm-hmm. right? He um, season's over. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a sling. You don't wear a sling with a pillow on it if you didn't have a surgery. Right. So, and and usually in, in his position. Right. Explain that pillow part that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go uh, through that. So yeah. usually in his position, labral tears are common. Okay. Okay. Right. So it's most likely. A lot of banging on yeah. the shoulder. But most likely what he had done. Uh-huh. Now saying that, you will have surgery and you will see a pillow, a sling with a pillow, or your friends will have a sling with a pillow. Mm-hmm. And you may get a sling without a pillow, or your friends had a sling without a pillow. And I get this all the time saying, well, my friend had one or didn't have one, and I have one, don't have one. Do I need it, et cetera? So here's what it's for. When you do a rotator cuff surgery, so if you think anatomically, your rotator cuff muscles come from, like this, just so we give you a sense of direction, from your mm-hmm. neck down, attached to your shoulder. Okay. okay. When you fix it, you fix it to the shoulder part. Okay. And imagine if you take your arm and it's close to your body, and now you put a pillow under it, right? Your, your arm right, kind of sticks out a little bit like yeah, a chicken Give it a little okay? bit of a cushion, okay. So what that does, now imagine anatomically your arm sticking out. The muscle that's coming from that neck area to the, your humerus, to your mm-hmm. shoulder, okay. is now not under stretch, okay. right? When you bring your arm in, you're stretching it. When you bring your arm out with the pillow, it's easing the tension. <clears throat> so the theory is when you do a rotator cuff repair and you put a pillow underneath it, right. and you bring that arm into abduction, you're re- removing some of the tension on the repair. And that's immediately... After uh, surgery. Yeah, yeah. Saying that, the studies are kind of iffy on if, if it actually does anything. Okay. It makes, I always say, it makes the surgeons feel good, mm-hmm. but really, you don't need it. I, and I think more than anything else, you're just trying to keep them from working against themselves. Does that make well, sense? I mean, the, the goal is... Because rotator cuffs do have a a failure rate that's relatively high, ten percent, fifteen percent. As you get older, it gets you know it's high, and you smoke and diabetic. We try to do anything we can to prevent a retear, and so that's logically it makes sense. Put a pillow in there and release some of that tension. Some patients love the pillow. Mm-hmm. Some patients hate the pillow. Mm-hmm. When they come in and they and they say, "I hate this pillow," I always say, "Look, you could take it off. You, you, I mean, you don't need it." It's the studies don't really show that it, it does what, in theory. It should do. Okay. It really, it really doesn't help as much as we think it does. So and you if, can take it off if you need And to. again, we're just guessing here if he did have a repair, and we'll just say a labral tear or something in that area, how long are you looking at rehab-wise? So, again, just guessing. No, yeah. I mean, you're looking at six months before you can go back and play. Mm-hmm. So that you know that long of a rehab, six weeks in a sling. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And so what you're thinking about, if you're a Jaguar fan or, or anybody out there when you're thinking about football, is that Anton Harrison – collides with another 300-pounder basically on every play. 
And it's the shoulder area that will take the brunt of that force, that punishment. And so uh, there's really nothing else they can do. And I don't know if you know the answer to this, Gio, but we would always joke, if you go back and inside the NFL or YouTube or whatever you want to do, and you see these big shoulder pads on the players in the 70s, 80s, and then really almost into the 90s, and I always think of Tony Baselli as one of the best examples. Big Bo looked like he never had shoulder pads on. I mean, they became tiny all of a sudden. Right. Because I guess they just want, I don't know what the reason was, show off the body more. I have no idea. But less protection would at least suggest you're more prone to injury. Well, I mean, less protection will put you uh, more prone to injury. But I think with the technology that we have, they're able to make them sleeker yes. and more protective. Like you look at a car. Back in the day, these cars cars were massive, right? Mm-hmm. But And then everyone says, look, you crash the old cars, they don't bend. But that's actually bad, right? The crumple zones were made to crumple, so they absorb the the impact. And now cars are smaller. Even the small cars, like a a Ford Focus, Mm -hmm. is safer than a massive car from the 70s. So just because size-wise doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's necessarily better for you. I think with the technology we have, we can do that. uh, Like if I'm just summing this up real quick, just this segment of Breaking Bones, size doesn't matter is what you're – yeah, I think you want to believe that. <laughs> All right. We'll keep going. By the way, you mentioned cars and whatnot. I couldn't help but think about this. I actually have a a, a, a bit of a like a stupid me type of moment. But first, got to ask you this question. With all the winter snowstorms that we saw everywhere, you're a Tesla man, and apparently these people could not get to the charging stations. You want to talk about a no bueno situation? Yeah, I mean, bro. Right. Listen, I'm not. I I do have a Tesla. Um, I I think I think electric cars are great. I think they definitely have their issues, right? Like I think we're a ways away to where everyone can have an electric car with no problem. Like we, we there, there's definitely issues with them. Like I had not thought about it. You need to be in a sunny setting for for well the cold. To go right. The cold reduces the range, yeah. like any battery. So I mean, it's definitely a problem, and and, it's, and this has been documented. About people up north that have these electric cars, mm-hmm. their range is not what it is in the summertime when it's in the wintertime. Yeah. And I've kind of, no, not, not that I drive far enough to tell in the city, but I can tell that my range goes down much faster now in the right. cold than it does. Than so does you're saying your 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 car needs a Red Bull in the afternoon uh, <laughs> or a Gatorade uh, fast twitch in the afternoon is what you're saying. A little pick yeah, I mean, you definitely need to charge a little bit sooner. When it's cold outside, it's crazy. I did not. Uh, I did not know that, but I saw it everywhere with the video. And you know, once they, uh, anyone who wants, well, to... listen, all the electric car haters, yeah, exactly. love those videos. And I, I mean, I like watching them, but they right. love those videos. But that's exactly what I was going to say to you because I know that you're you're a proponent, but at the same time, they couldn't wait to roll that video to say, "Hey, look at these clowns having to push their electric car." And well, guess what? I'm sure there were plenty of other uh, disastrous things that were going on. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you have a gas car or electric car. That's for can, sure. Can we just talk about something that has to do with cars? Yeah. There's a turning lane on Beach Boulevard mm-hmm. and what is Hodges. Okay, Beach and Hodges. Okay, I'm with you. All right. There's a turning lane. Yeah. When we had these massive storms like in July and mm-hmm. it kind of washed out a couple of the sidewalks. Yeah. And it, and it messed up the turning lane. It's been since like July that they haven't fixed 30 feet of turning lane. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. And- it is the most obnoxious thing on earth. And if people who take that, they'll probably know it's right off of a gas station. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think I was looking it up to see what's going on, and the city just keeps saying, it will get fixed. Oh, my gosh. It's um, 30 feet of asphalt. Fix it. I feel like I'm just going to mix quickcrete <laughs> and just dump it there over a weekend. You can do that. Um, I, I, will, I will help you do that because, uh, like, whenever I, I can go buy a big bag of it, and I don't even break open the bag. I just throw it like I'm trying to make sure that my chimney area, because I've got a varmint. You know what a varmint is? Oh, you got an animal? I got one, too, on my roof. I just called a guy. Oh, my gosh, man. I just called a guy. And look, I'm the guy, okay? I I grew up blue collar. I'm the one who's supposed to know how to handle this stuff. But underneath our chimney and fireplace area, that son of a gun, gopher turtle, possum, armadillo, whatever the H it is, I'm thinking it's a gopher, and you are not allowed to mess with them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, the Army Corps of Engineers and all of them, they'll be all over you. But anyway, a little... SOB, the little savage, digs a hole underneath my chimney and is compromising my foundation. And so I will throw a bag of concrete underneath there and then turn the hose on and wet it down just to try and build it and back that's up. fine. And then push the dirt back in. Now, I shouldn't be saying this out loud, but you, I don't know where the turtle is or what's happened to him. But Well, I, I'll know when you bring me it. Soup as a gift one day. Have Go tur- for stew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the other thing real quick. All right, because we got to get back to injuries. But since you brought up traffic, and uh, first thing I'm thinking of is we do have a dude that we can call, our DOT dude. Oh, I've called him. Okay. Oh, his phone is blown up. Okay, good. All <laughs> right, let's shout him out just real quick, just so we can. Hampton Ray, he's the, uh, the spokesman. For FDOT, and, yeah. and I think public relations guy, I said, Hampton, what is going on with this thing? And he just, he keeps sending me the messages that they keep putting out there, saying okay, good. it's going to be fixed. We're waiting on the contractor to fix it. Uh, because Hampton Ray is famous uh, when we brought him on Breaking Bones. I say, give me more info, and that's, that's all. I, I get the same info that I can look at Twitter on. Yeah, come on, man. Give us a little something else, all right? Uh, we brought him on when uh, either he or someone from the DOT got loose with the truck that had the yellow paint I mean, in it. Probably Hampton now. <laughs> it could have been it. Hampton. It could have been. All right, the other thing real quick. Have you ever made one of those really dumb traffic mistakes or driving decision and you can't get over it that you were so stupid? So here's what I was doing. You know my route. I come up Phillips Highway from the AUG to Jayville, and I get on 9B. I take 9B to 295, I go JTB, I come here uh, to the 1010XL Palatial Studios. Everybody, you can picture all that. Well, anyway, earlier this week, I'm being a, ja- a jack A, okay, I'm, I'm always driving fast, and I try and go around people, all of a sudden, everything gets tight, and I'm like, dang it, I can't move over. So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll go 95 to JTB, to Belfort. What a stupid decision that was. Now it's slower? Oh, my gosh. And so that's one of those things where you just can't get over how stupid you were instead of just putting your blinker on or falling in line like everybody else does. But, no, you had to try and beat the yeah. system. I, you know, I paid for it. What I hate is when you see the lane. This happens to everybody. You see the lane next to you just keep going and going, oh, yeah. and you're stuck. You're like, why? I'm going to switch lanes. And the moment you switch lanes, that lane stops. It just drives you crazy. It really does. All right, let's get to a couple of injuries. And this one, honestly, we're laughing right now, but this was no laughing matter. Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing the Detroit Lions. He gets absolutely destroyed. 
And this is a big conversation in the National Football League and, and, and tackle football, period. But a Detroit Lion has to bring a big tight end down, and he goes for the knee area because he's trying to tackle him. Anyway, that knee, it was it was going in the wrong direction yes. in a hurry from a very vicious hit. Yeah, I mean. I hated it. So the reports came out that he tore his ACL. And then I remember on Wednesday, they said they're going to get a new MRI. Yes. And then I, on Wednesday, I said, I'm shocked that he didn't tear anything else, but we're waiting on the new MRI. Right. And I mentioned his MCL looks like it could have been torn. You worry about the ACL. Looked like he had a, almost a knee dislocation just on, on the slow motion video. Yeah, which led to one of our listeners, which is, a, he's in the medical field. He's a matter of fact, he's an ER medical doctor. And he did text in to XL Primetime while you were on Doc B. Tell them the difference between a patella dislocation and a true knee dislocation. Yeah. And what we can bring that up, it's, it's, it's a great thing because there's always a... It, it looked sick. Yeah. It, it looked. If you watch it in slow motion, it looks terrible. So he ended up tearing his MCL with it. Mm-hmm. Now the MRI, the new MRI came out mm-hmm. after like Wednesday afternoon that he mm-hmm. tore his MCL, which looks like it on the... On the, um, the the replay. Right. And what I mentioned too was no one gave them, you know, stuff because he they didn't come out with a cart. The man almost dislocated his knee yeah. and then it bring out a cart and our guy sprained his ankle and we didn't have a cart and, and all hell broke loose. Duval never gets to live anything down. Detroit did the exact same thing. You are correct. The guy's like knees like hanging off. Anyways, yeah. It was it was bad, bad injury and it, ACL MCL tear. Lucky for him it wasn't a knee dislocation. Now what is a knee dislocation? What is a patella dislocation? A patella dislocation is when your kneecap pops out of the groove. Right. Your knee sits in the groove. Your kneecap, excuse me, sits in the groove. It's called the trochlear groove. That's where your patella or your kneecap sits in. You can dislocate it for right. many reasons. I mean, you can have, there's, there's many reasons you could dislocate it. One of them being a trauma, right? You mm-hmm. get hit or something. That is a knee dislocation, or excuse me, a patella dislocation or also a kneecap dislocation however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That is not a surgical emergency. If it is stuck and dislocated, you got to pop it back. Right. Okay. That is urgent. You got to pop it back. But it's not something you rush to surgery for. Okay. That is something you can do rehab if it's a first-time dislocation, as long as you don't have any other injuries, etc. A knee dislocation, which is different than a kneecap or a patella dislocation, okay. is much more serious. A knee dislocation is when your tibia and your femur dislocate from each other. Nothing to do with the kneecap. When that happens, the reason it's very dangerous is because you can rip your artery and injure your nerve. Yeah. And if you rip your artery, not good. Oh, my gosh. And if yeah. you injure your nerve, you're going to have nerve damage forever in that limb. Also, when you dislocate your knee, you tear your ACL usually, you tear your PCL, you tear your MCL, you tear your posterior lateral corner, you're tearing ligaments on top of ligaments. Which requires okay. major reconstruction. Right. And so that is the big difference between a knee dislocation mm-hmm. and a kneecap or a patella dislocation. So I get patients, and they go, my knee dislocated. And I'll talk to them, go, oh, it's your kneecap. And they're very adamant, so you know it's my knee, and, and their symptoms are all kneecap. So just as an FYI, mm-hmm. they're very, two very different things. You know, the other thing that was crazy about this, the defensive back goes right at the knee. There's no denying it. He goes low on the player, goes right at the knee. He flips Tyler Higby, who's a big man. He's tight end. He's a big guy. He lands on his head. That could have been even worse. And and you could see the trauma to the head and neck area. And, and obviously, 
the body is an amazing thing that you can recall and recover from a lot of things. But anyway, that was also part of what happened. Yeah. So let's get to the other part of this. And you are a team doctor for Everwaters University. You see a lot of these violent hits. You, uh, of course, have patients come in. The guy trying to make a tackle on a 200 and what, 50-pound human being, right? 6'4", 250 pounds. you got to make a decision on where you're going to try and tackle this guy and bring him down. And players hate that you go for their knees. Yeah, but, I mean, look, watch, watch a football game. And I'm going to do this next week. How many hits are below the waist? Right? I mean, and a ton. Almost yeah. all of them. Yeah. How many times does a safety come in spearing to tackle a guy? I mean, you can't hit in the head. Fair. Mm-hmm. You can't hit in the legs. Mm-hmm. Where do you want them? I mean, you have, like, one foot. Yeah, you can and so hit. here's the other part. You're supposed to, like, if you're talking about form tackling, okay, lead with your shoulder. Uh, uh, they say the crown of your helmet is, is you can't lead with. That's BS, okay, because your instinct is to, boom, lower your body, which includes your head, and you try and, 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 and basically drive through the guy to bring him down. Well, what you see now, George, is because everyone is getting fined for either going low or going high. They try and tackle the shoulder pads. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Dude, I can't tell you. First of all, there's a million missed tackles. That's the key. Left and right. And the second thing is, I don't think these guys, I feel like people don't try to tackle with their hands anymore. They just try to get that big hit and knock someone down. You know what we call it? A chicken wing tackle. They just try to knock this guy exactly. as hard as they can, but they don't wrap him, so they knock him. And we saw this a couple times in last week. They'll hit the guy, he'll bounce back and yeah. maybe not fall, and then keep running. Yeah, you yeah. got to grab him. You it's can't a, just hit him. You got to grab him too. Yeah, it's embarrassing because the chicken wing tackle is what they do because they are not going to use their arms. They're not going to extend their arms. They're going to use their shoulder, try and like you said, knock him down. Anyway, it was a terrible injury, and who knows exactly how long it's going to be for a guy like that. But my goodness. Um, we are talking sports injuries. You can hit the text line 641-1010. Uh, Dr. George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. I want to bring this other one up. And as a matter of fact, there was a question uh, on the text line on this. And I'm just going to paint the picture here real quick. This is Saturday night, Kansas City, Miami. It is, you could even use the term deathly cold, right? You could use that term. Uh, minus 30 degrees is what they yeah. consider the windshield. Right. And so, and then you still had clowns in Arrowhead Stadium with their shirts off. I mean, come on, bro. Uh, anyway, uh, minus 30 degrees, wind chill. It was freezing cold. Pat Mahomes takes off on a scramble. This guy's unreal. And he has a helmet to helmet collision, and his helmet cracks. Yeah. And it's because of the cold, I'm guessing. Anyway, here's the question Why? Didn't the NFL step in immediately after Mahomes' helmet got destroyed? Are they worried about losing the star for TV or because he's actually hurt? If that's a lineman, no one cares, but how did they not stop the game? And just to remind everybody, he gets up. He ran for, I'm I'm thinking, Gio, 20-some yards. Gets the first down, first and goal. He He, acted normally. He got it fine. No issues, right? And and he gets up. And it was a helmet-to-helmet collision. He gets up, cameras immediately see this black on a red helmet, and they start zeroing in. And you know me, I'm always squinting. I'm like, the hell is that? Did he get something off of the other helmet? No, it cracked the helmet. I mean, I would like to think, I think they stopped the play one after, right? They did one play, and then they stopped Exactly, it. but they let a play go off. Well, I mean, I think, devil's advocate here, I would think that, listen, 
they do everything they can to protect their quarterbacks. Right. Right. It's true. I, usually. It's true. And a cracked helmet, I'd have to assume that by the time that they were able to relay information, a play got off, and mm-hmm. then they finally were able to be like, hey. You might be right. But uh, just, we, all just, like to, we all like to bash the NFL. Yeah. And look, we, we get to second guess everything. That's what right. we do on sports radio, and even included on Breaking Bones uh, as the radio doctor that I play. But everything is so um, instant in the analysis, and the cameras were on him so fast. And I do agree with you. 30, 40 seconds goes by really fast, and you're basically, if you're in charge, you're looking around going, wait a minute, whoa, 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 let me look at that again. Right. And then by that time, the play is run. Well, anyway, it took them a few more seconds after that next play was run for them to walk up, the ref to walk up and say, hey, bro, you need to go switch your helmet yeah. out. I, I, I would like to think that it just, by the time someone saw it, rewound it, said, what is that again? Yeah. Looked at it and said, oh, man, we got a problem, made a call, this and that. It's been, you know, 30, 45 seconds, play went off. Right. Because I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes' helmet being cracked, and they're just saying, "Yeah, let him play. Go ahead." Yeah, like it, I just I can't see that. And, and, and so uh, the other part of this is that, and I don't know whether you can answer this or not, but how cold was it that an actual helmet cracked? I've never I've never seen that. Yeah, it must have been freezing, <laughs> minus thirty degrees. I mean, I can the like we were joking this you know at the beginning of the show that. You know, you feel like your bones are, you know, a little more brittle in the cold. Yeah. But I could not believe that that helmet blew up. I saw this post. Some guy tweeted. He said, we're, we're you know, a nation of, uh, you know, we're not men anymore. They didn't cancel D-Day because of weather. And someone posted saying, actually, D-Day was postponed one day because of weather. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just when you try and do something that, that uh, you know, you try and state something to, to tell everybody how tough they need to be, and you're wrong, you're incorrect, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, all right. Now, real quick, I got to bring this up uh, because I know you're a watch man, okay? Yes, I, and, do, I do like watches. And, I mean, you like them. You're not spending a ton of money no. on them, but, you, you know, you, 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 it's, it's a little bit of a lost art. Right now, yeah. People watch. have people like you, Apple Watch, Smart Watch. I'm a Fitbit dude. You know, people don't. I don't even think they they teach how to read a clock anymore. No, they you don't? do not see a regular clock. You do not see people don't handwrite anything anymore. Yeah, they text or or they don't teach cursive. No, I write in cursive. Yeah, I do too. I can't it, read it, but I write it. Yeah, it, <laughs> it drives me crazy. So anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, was reportedly detained in Munich uh, earlier this week. Uh, and basically, he was trying to hide a watch, I suppose. He bought a watch. Yeah. It's an Audemars Piguet, so it's an expensive watch. Mm-hmm. And he didn't announce it at customs. And apparently, it's a watch per his lawyer. You knows. have to declare. Yeah. yeah. That it was going to go to a charity. They were auctioning off. He has a charity in Austria, and he was on his way there, and they are going to, to auction it off. Anyways, they held him on criminal... Tax evasion charges. And look at this this folly that happened. He said, I will pay the penalty now. to to Because I guess he, for him to get out of there, he had to pay the penalty. Yeah. So he's got like, pay it now. He took out his credit card. Well, guess what? Their credit card machines weren't working. Okay? <laughs> so so after an hour of credit card machines not working, the police drove him to the bank. Well, guess what? The bank is closed and his the ATM... Because that watch is expensive and his tax was expensive, the limit on the ATM and on his 
to pull out money was not enough to cover the charges. Oh, so he had gosh. to go back, and they finally were able to find a new credit card machine that he paid. It's valued at twenty-one grand. It's a is it a Piguet watch? Uh, I said it said Audemars Piguet. Yeah. Uh, so uh, twenty-one grand, and and whatever his taxes are in Europe is you know sky high. Who knows? Incredible. He probably had to pay five, six thousand dollars. I don't know. And come on, leave the Terminator alone, okay? And when he, whenever he said, "I'll go get send the money, him a bill," I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. But you're you're right that that uh, that that's some rude, rude treatment uh, for a guy who you would think, okay, let's just take care of this a little bit later on. Hey, listen, maybe celebrities, you know this, they, they kind of roll through these uh, airport securities like they, you know, like people owe them something. You know, hey, maybe that's the way he was acting. I don't know. Listen, I will say this: you never heard anything anyone say he was an ass yeah you never heard a story about yeah. he was an ass or he thought himself better than this and that and he's but, been around for 50 60 years right that's for sure right uh, incredible all right we are out of time uh, we had a great time today stay warm <clears throat> hopefully this is the last bit of winter that we will see uh you're gonna go home and get ready for groundhog day and just see if, <laughs> yeah. if we have six more weeks of yeah. winter. all right uh tell us tell everybody how they can find the show if they miss some of it apple google spotify and 1010 xl all right, we had a great time. Enjoy the football that you have, minus your Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll talk to you at noon tomorrow on XL Primetime. You've been listening to Breaking Bones with Dr. George Bari and Joe C. on 1010XL.